Ora, and welcome to another edition of the GeoDorable podcast with your hosts, Chris Morris and Mark Thompson. For more information on this episode, visit the GeoDorable page on Facebook. Hello there, Chris. Hello, Mark. How are you on this, uh, what is it, Friday, Friday. evening? <laughs> yeah. I'm good. This will be the third time we've spoken on podcasting this week, Chris. We've been putting a lot of uh, effort in um, for our listeners. Well, we do kind of owe it to them because we've been a bit quiet. Well, there's been a lot of of things going on. Well, Um, yeah, you've been away. I've been away, yeah, indeed. Have you been away? No. No, okay. (laughs) Not at all. Not at all, Chris. Uh, So this is the world's greatest geospatial podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we're also number one in the rating system that we <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sure. Yeah. Um, and it's a light-hearted look at uh, news and views and activities and uh, people who are moving and shaking. Is that still a thing? I, I think it's always a thing. Is it? Okay. Um, and yeah. it, it's, you know, the, the, the kind of the geospatial world, the, the location intelligence, the spatial analyst, the, yeah. the GIS, dare I say. Yeah, people who put it on a map or get off the map, as we like to say, mm. and um, and make it easily accessible. And we've got a great podcast uh, interview on our podcast about making maps accessible. Probably the most accessible maps I've ever seen. They are fantastic, aren't they? Um, yeah, looking forward to uh, to going back to that interview. It was, uh, it was really good. Yeah, so that's later on in the show. Uh, first, the disclaimer, Chris. Oh, indeed. Uh, and that is that the views and opinions uh, in this podcast are not representing anyone we work for or work with. Entirely our own, right? Yes. I mm. uh, would also like to point out we are not sponsored yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, so no one's paying us uh, to say nice things or bad things. <laughs> Although, to be, you know, if you enjoy this podcast, you can now go to our website. And how would they do that, Mark? Uh, they would just Google Geodorable, or if they're a bit more uh, wanting to go direct, the direct route, they could just go to geodorable.com. Yeah, cool. And there is a fantastic opportunity on, on geodorable.com. There is. I mean, there's, you know, if you go to the uh, the About page, um, you can buy us a beer. You can. Well, you, you can contribute to the beer. Beers in New Zealand is quite expensive. Yeah, ridiculous, eh? Not quite Singapore, but... Um, yeah, it's quite expensive. So if you think, actually, those guys are amusing enough for a couple of bucks, or I'd like to buy them a beer, but they live in the faraway country, um, you can actually do that. And uh, we would appreciate that, um, but we won't take your opinions. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take your support, yeah. but we remain unbiased and uh, true to uh, whatever it is we do. And whatever we think, which... Yeah. It seems to change quite regularly. <laughs> it is. Um, but also, speaking on the other side of the world, um, which I suppose want to acknowledge the events that happened in uh, in Christchurch, New Zealand, uh, last last week, week, a week today, that, um, yeah, although we, uh, we are jovial and carrying on with life, it does seem to, well, there's still something in the back of us that we're, we're mourning as a nation. Yeah, it's been, uh, yeah, pretty tragic events over the last... Last week or so, it's affected uh, so many people, um, lots of whom I know. Uh, it's um, it's a very sad time, I think, here. Yeah. But, yeah. as you said, um, you know. 
life carries on and we will carry on making the greatest spot special podcast in the world yes yeah indeed and so with that shall we shall we move on mark shall we um shall we have some news yes Spatial news. Right, the short jingle tonight. No, I'm going to put the long one in. Hang on a second. Spatial news. Hot off the press, Chris. Well, Mark, it's Q1. It's... It is. Towards the, the end, end of Q1. Yeah, well, and that means it's Esri release cycle day. I might have made that one up. <laughs> no, you're pretty much. It's um, you know, it's not quite as exciting as um, May the Fourth. No, sure. Or, um, even maybe talk like a pirate day. Oh. Um, which reminds me of the great stats joke I made today about our. Anyway, um, Esri have released new ActJS Online functionality, Chris. Well, new ArcGIS Online, new Enterprise, new Pro, new Desktop, maybe uh, new everything. It's 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 across the board, Mark. Well, when we say new, we're just saying updated. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the new release, you know, the Q1 release, which means there's new stuff in the software that you may be using. Yeah, so that means um, stuff you wanted and stuff you didn't know you wanted, and stuff you don't want because you'll never use it. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Any highlights for you, Chris? Oh, um, notebooks. I'll talk about them a bit more, but the Python notebooks look really cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's one of these things, isn't it? The, the, this kind of, when you look how big the Esri product stack is now, there is so much that's kind of been, you know, updated. It's difficult to know where to start. But, you know, Pro is going to be neater and tidier and work more quickly and all of those those kind of things. Well, yeah, there's a lot of tie-in because... Um you weren't actually on holiday when you were away, Chris. You were at the Dev Summit or the Partner Summit. Well, no, I was at the Partner Conference, yeah. Yeah. Esri Partner Conference. Yeah, so um, ArcGIS Hub, Chris. Uh, I'm also under an NDA, so I can't tell you anything. All right. Well, it's on Bernie's... <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, I guess I guess that's true, actually. I can talk about some of it. ArcGIS Hub enables your team to create, share the initiatives that align collaborations across organizations and communities with the information and content they need to manage projects and drive desired outcomes. That's a um, long sentence. That is a long sentence, but sounds fantastic, does it? Uh, sure. Is this, is this a new take on Portal? Uh, it's more of the community kind of engagement. Uh, all right. Um, what else can't you tell us about, Chris? <laughs> Well, I mean, some of it's really, really exciting, but I can't tell you about it. All right. Uh, what about ArcGIS Companion? That's a uh, that's a new app on your uh, on your device um, that lets you kind of follow along with you know stuff that's happening on ArcGIS Online, I believe. Okay. Uh, what else have we got? What about? Oh, I'm trying to find. As you say, it's lots of incremental updates. Um, yeah, anything else you want to highlight to us, Chris? <laughs> we'll talk a bit more about the partner conference in uh, uh, later on. But I mean, there's, there's good stuff. Um, 
you know, say Pro is there's some major enhancements in Pro, uh, making it faster. And I think we mentioned this in the last podcast. You now don't have to start a project when you use Pro. Yeah, uh, I was a little bit down on that. And then I'm using it. I'm like, oh, finally, I can yeah. just trash a site. You know, do some work and trash it because I don't care. Yep. It doesn't litter my desktop. So, yeah, well done on that one. Uh, but you yeah, have a look at the Esri.com ArcGIS blog. Um, I mean, it's a shed load. It, it's almost too much to to cover off. There's there's so many things. Yeah, and it's, and it's hard to understand if it's how incremental or innovative it is. But yeah, would be keen on your feedback. Spatial news. Ah, uh, Chris, can you sing the song? No. What's the song? The Carmen Sandiego song. No. Oh, is that the? Uh, no. Just no. No. All right, deprived again, listeners. Um, so why are we talking about Carmen Sandiego? Well, because Google Earth have kind of have teamed up with Carmen or, or her or her people, I imagine, part of the Vile Crew, maybe. Um, uh, and it's it, it's kind of a what would you say? It's a kid friendly um, quiz that has you navigating uh, around Google Earth, trying to find Carmen Sandiego. Yeah, it's a bit like that GeoGuessr. Have you played that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where they stick yeah. you in the middle of nowhere and you're like, I don't know. Um, That's good. Yeah. I, I've played it a few times. Um, I, I managed to get all the way to Cairo and then I lost her. Oh, I come in San Diego, right? Not not GeoGuessr. Um, no. Okay. So, yeah, this is if you've got a, I don't know, a wet lunchtime um, <laughs> or some other downtime <laughs> at work. Uh, yeah, have a go at Google Come in San Diego. It's um, a bit of fun. Test your world geography knowledge. Yeah. Well, the way I, I've, given, I've I've shown it to my kids. I've said, "Hey, kids, try this." Did they beat you? Oh, of course. <laughs> kids these days are very bright. Yeah, I don't know how they got so bright. Not with my genes, no. Not do I. <laughs> anyway, um, where on earth is uh, where on Google Earth? <laughs> the pun uh, is Carmen San Diego. It's uh, it's worth checking out. It is. Spatial news. Now, Chris, the big question from the Developer Summit. Mm-hmm. What was happening in the fashion of wear? Well, I didn't attend the Dev Summit, so I can't tell you that much. But well, I, Wouldn't it be useful if Esri uh, posted a video of the Dev Summit? Do you know, that is exactly what I was going to suggest. And they have done it. Uh, so if you blog.gisuser.com... Esri, just Google Esri Dev Summit. Find it on YouTube. Um, yeah, you can see the plenary to the Dev Summit, which is kind of using if you're if you're wanting to buzz out on Esri some more. Well, one of my colleagues, um, he did go to the uh, the Developer Summit, and he said the um, the keynote speaker was fabulous. So I think that's up there as well, and um, we'll put links out to it. But um, yeah, I, I think it was. Uh, there's a lot to uh, lot to pick up on what Esri are doing in this dev space at the moment. Yeah, yep, and uh, also keep ahead of the fashion trends uh, heading up to the UC. I will share with you after the news a little story um, about the fashion of wear. Um, okay, but I'm going to keep you in suspense. Spatial news. Right, from one spatial giant to another. Hexagon. Now, we are, um, you know, we're, we're completely unbiased in in the kind of the GIS space, but we yes. so rarely talk about Hexagon. Well, if, 
I don't know if it's just our uh, our news team have been a bit lacking in finding Hexagon stories, or Hexagon have gone a bit quiet. Mm. Um, but they're back. Well, it's back. They've picked up on our news radar anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so they, uh, they're, they're sponsoring the Geospatial World Forum 2019. Yes. Platinum sponsor, no less. Yes, and the event is taking place 2nd to 4th of April. Amsterdam, so if you, uh, you're you in that neck of the woods, it's probably worth dropping by. Yes, um, I, I'd love to drop in. Yeah. Um, but I won't be f- <laughs> over that side of the world uh, for many years, I imagine. They're probably listening. I mean, tickets are on their way, I'm sure. I'm sure we would give our unbiased opinion of Hexagon's... Uh, well, not Hexagon, sorry. Of the World Geospatial Forum. Well, I think I like about the World Geospatial well, yeah, the Geospatial World Forum, uh, you know, is that it's non, you know, denominational. Yeah, that's I mean, right. Uh, anybody you, you can turn even up. Go agnostic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. So I just really reading this that um, Hexacon uh, will global leaders in digital solutions that create autonomous connected ecosystems (ACE). Um, so if you if you're looking for your new acronym to annoy your co- co-workers with, try, um, don't say, I work with maps. Say, I create autonomous connected ecosystems. That sounds um, ace. Spatial news. Uh, and speaking of another giant. Mm-hmm. Uh, Google Maps trying to woo people back after their pricing change. <laughs> No, I think this is much more consumer-focused. I think it is too. Mm. So uh, unless you've been living under a rock, which I'm sure you haven't been, you cannot have failed to have been excited about the concept and possibilities of um, AR. Yeah, we Um, discussed it at work and um, we jokingly said, don't tell the CEO or he'll want it. (laughs) Yeah, true. Um, But it is actually that exciting. Well, so so um, so this 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 again goes back to a podcast because we are you know we lead the way and I think others follow and this must have been the podcast that Google heard when we were talking about your trip to the states yes. and how difficult you found it to uh, use Google Maps to navigate when you're walking. Yep, I think there's a direct correlation there. Oh, I mean, it was what it was a few months ago, and now they're releasing this. I think that's well, that's kind of proof positive as far as I'm July, concerned. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so what have they done? Well, basically, they've uh, they're building AR into uh, Google Maps. So, um, as you're walking around a street and you're struggling to follow that little blue dot, you can hold your phone up and look through it, and they have enhanced your environment with AR-based signage. Yeah, they have, and that's pretty cool. I mean, it does make you a bit scared in foreign countries holding up your phone because you're scared you get you know it's stolen. Depends where you're walking. There's probably a, an AR sign that says "Don't." Hold your phone up or something in this neighbourhood. <laughs> that'll be that'll be the way the phones are going. I say, no, put me away, seriously. Yep. <laughs> um, but have a Google. There's have a Google <laughs> of Google AR. Um, there's lots of videos you can download it. Well, no, I think it's only uh, I think it's early adopters at the moment. Early adopters. Yeah. Google's letting some users test its AR navigation feature. Yeah. Anyway, it looks pretty awesome, and definitely, uh, is this? I mean, this is the way things are going to go, right? Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, the digital meeting, the reality. Yeah. Is, um, 
Yeah, I mean, you won't have heard it here first, but don't remember we said it. Well, I mean, you said it just, you know, back in July when you'd come back from your holiday. I mean, that's what triggered the whole event. Well, that would be nice um, if someone wanted to change the Wikipedia page. <laughs> 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 about AR and uh, its uptake uh, was enhanced after. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> exactly what happened. Spatial news. Now, I may or may not be a world changer, Chris. Well, this podcast goes a long way to suggest that you probably are. Yeah, it does. But um, let's talk about three women who uh, actually did change the world with their maps. Well, it was, uh, it was, was it World Women's Day? Um, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I think they just call it Women's Day. Um, yeah, but it was across the world. I sure. like to be inclusive. I think that's Global Women's Day. Um, I, I think we're getting caught up in the wrong thing here. <laughs> anyway, here, here maps, here. Yeah. Here actually did a whole bunch of articles all about, you know, uh, women who work with maps in geospatial. They have. Um, and it's, it's useful. I mean, I think one of the, the benefits is understanding that, um, unlike today, there aren't the opportunities. Uh, much like, um, was it Black, Blackley Park? Mm-hmm. Um, where, where women in the background and weren't that celebrated, or, um, oh, what's the movie with the space woman? Hidden women. Yeah, hidden figures. Hidden figures, that's right. That's one. Um, so yeah, this is, this is a nice insight into, uh, and to a woman who, who just got on and did their job, um, at the same time had to fight. Were in places that they weren't, um, they weren't accepted as equals. Maybe. Yeah, sure. And and in this particular post that we've picked out, it's about cartographers. Um, yeah. And we have uh, Marie. Is that Tharp? Do you reckon? Um, and uh, I know we're, we're famous for our pronunciations. Marie Tharp, yep. I think it is. Uh, and her map of oceans. We have... Well, off, uh, off the back of World War II. Um, I think, yeah. Okay. Well, in 57, she published the first ever, her and Hezen, first ever map of the North Northern Atlantic Ocean floor 20 years later. Okay. She teamed up with Austrian Henrik. Anyway, but some amazing stuff there. And then we have... Kira B. Shingarever, ever, ever. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's just we've just completely hacked that name apart. But yeah, but she was Russian-born, so <laughs> you know. Yes, um, and she mapped the moon. She did, uh, and that's important. Um, but actually, the one I like mostest, most while we're working on our bad England, <laughs> um, is Florence Kelly. Um, and simply put, simply done, she mapped where people were being mistreated in Chicago. Um, and I like that for the, the social aspect. Mm-hmm. That it isn't, you know, oh, it's, it's a nice looking map. It's, it's a map that caused change. It bears certain similarities to, um, you know, the, the map by uh, John Snow and the cholera out- outbreak. Yep. You know, um. I thought you were going Game, Game of Thrones. Then. No. So uh, we'll we'll post a link to it, but um, here did a whole series of uh, of articles about um, women in the spatial industry, and it's worth checking those out. We'll again post them on uh, on our website, yes, or Twitter feed, yeah. Spatial news. Now, Chris, we constantly wonder, ponder on this podcast 
about delivering burritos in the back of Australia. We do all the time. And one of the one of the impacts, one of the uh, what do you say negatives about delivering burritos in the back of Australia is trying to navigate around the uh, natural land features such as the hills and the valleys of uh, of our back Australia. I was just going to go with uh, Ayers Rock or um, Uluru, as I believe it's now called. Um, I imagine that would be quite a nasty thing to fly right, right into. And probably uh, culturally inappropriate. Sure, yeah. Uh, you know, but it is a burrito, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Back in the room. Um, <laughs> anyway, Esri, uh We seem to be a lot of Esri on this podcast, but we're not sponsored. We're agnostic. Mm-hmm. Um They've they've created a new tool, a surface route tool. That's quite cool, actually. I think it's got better, more applications than just drones. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, but yeah, nice flow path, I suppose, or lowest lowest height path, or cost something cost something path. like that. Um, but good use of raster flow, and nothing like a good raster flow to uh, to distract. It's like proper world. analysis. Isn't it? Like, it's yeah. proper GIS analysis. Do you remember when you used to do it, Mark? You used to, you know, actually make stuff. Yeah, instead of just telling other people it can be done and then getting other people to do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I I also have a soft spot um, in my older age. I just think raster is, is going to be the future. That vector analysis is is, is peaked. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> Um, and yeah, nothing like a good raster analysis. Well, you think about machine learning and all that sort of stuff. It's all based on a whole lot of raster. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, that is the news. Uh, it is. Um, but you had an anecdote for us, Chris. Oh, I did. I've, I've got a couple of things actually that I want to, uh, yeah, just add to the picture. So, um, so it was at the partner conference, um, based in, or well, it was in Palm Springs. Where it is? Yeah, Palm Springs. People know it's Palm Springs. I mean, you know, it's advertised at Palm Springs. Um, the weather wasn't as good as I was expecting. In fact, I was in LA and it rained and I was like, Ooh. wow, it, you know, well, like rain much like I was last year when I was in LA. It, it rained for like half an hour. No, it's quite a lot of rain. Rained all day. Oh wow! Wow. Yeah, um, yeah. Didn't expect it. Didn't take a coat or anything. It was anyway. So in Palm Springs um, conference, um, you know, and there's there's quite a few people there. Um, yeah. And you know, it's great bumping into people you know and you haven't seen in a while and all that kind of stuff. That was really cool. Yep. Um, but also, and, and well, one evening I went out uh, with um, uh, a few people and ended up in a. Bar, <laughs> what do you do? Is that this, kind of place? This is this is a G story, kids. <laughs> a what? A, a G, as G rated. No, yes, fine, yeah. Um, and uh, I was chatting to you guys, and somebody came up, and I was introduced as, "Oh, this is the guy who does G adorable." Because I'm surprised uh, I didn't recognise your face from the uh, like-like caricature. Like-like. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. Um, and. Uh, in any case, um, we started talking about um, the fashion of wear. Um, <laughs> if, if, if you are unaware of the fashion of wear, you really should be aware of the fashion of wear. Um, it's something we try and do most uh, most um, yeah user conferences. User conference. And it, it trends well on tr- Twitter. In, in fact, it uh, it I think it's the most tweeted thing. 
Yeah. At the Keys well, Conference. I mean, not, one, not well, it's number one tweets. podcast, but you know. Anyway, and uh, we were talking about this, and um, we, you know, we just do it as not so much as a bit of fun. I think it's important to to recognise, you know, um, the effort that you know people well, go to, it's, particularly it's a in that celebration conference. of geographers and fashion, which everyone knows has gone together forever, but has been unrecognised. Yes. Yeah. But what we didn't know was that um, Esri people actually take it really quite seriously, and um, you know are, are you know hoping they'll get a good review, <laughs> which came as quite a surprise to to me. But you know, yeah. Well, that's that's you know the influence of this podcast is uh, is much further than we understand it. Who'd have thought you and I, two middle aged men, get involved in you know fashion? Who wouldn't have thought that? You're right. Who wouldn't have thought that? You're you're very right. Um, so anyway, it was it was a good conference. Another story I have to quickly tell. Um, uh, stories from his travels. Yeah, sorry. I uh, uh, after another night out at um, <laughs> a bar, which was really cool, very cool bar. Um, woke up the next morning, was just going through my wallet, and I found two business cards. And I was thinking, where did these business cards come from? Because they're not the usual kind of business cards. You know, I was getting business cards from GISE and special people, sure. But I had one from a lawyer and one from a um, a psychiatrist. All right. Uh, Just- if you listen to our special uh, <laughs> After Hours podcast, you'll find out why I was talking to a lawyer <laughs> and a psychiatrist. Anyway, it was a good conference. It was a really good conference. There's some really exciting stuff uh, that Israel doing, which obviously can't talk about. Um, <laughs> but there's some really good stuff. Um, I was I was pretty uh, impressed. Yeah. Um, I've got one more thing to talk about, Mark. Okay, <laughs> sorry. I know I'm. Ta- I'm just. I, you know, it was interesting stuff, and we've got an interview coming up. Yeah, you know, so I'm not going to get the chance if I don't talk about it now. So if you go onto Netflix, and I'm sure people are aware of Netflix. There's a documentary. Yeah, no, of course not. There's a documentary called Behind the Curve. Behind the Curve. I'm just Googling it now. And do you know what it's about? It's Uh, about flat earthers. Meet the growing... I've I've heard about this. It actually seems quite interesting. But the reviews I've seen, people get about halfway through. Do you know, those people have slightly less tolerance than me, in which case <laughs> I managed the first 17 minutes and then I I, I, I just wanted to rip my telly off the wall. <laughs> well, but other opinions are available, Chris, and uh, we would encourage you to, to uh, derive your own. Um, no, we wouldn't. What we'd say is it's, <laughs> it's, it, was, it was one of these, you know. It's got 100% rating on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, I'd like to point out. Fair enough. Look, I, I doubt very much that too many flat earthers lifts, listen to this podcast, right? I think, you know, it's it's unlikely. Well, they might only choose the, um, what do you call it? Um, instead of projected, it's a projection system, coordinate system. Anyway. Like a web Mercator. Okay. The point, the point being, right, I don't think many listen and... As geospatial, you know, uh, specialists, experts, all that kind of stuff, you should try and watch it, um, because basically, uh, you know, if if you believe in flat Earth, then of the people liked it, Chris. Well, yeah, but well, kind of. If you believe in it, then we can't be doing our jobs properly. <laughs> uh, overall, it was fascinating. Look at how deep people were willingly go into conspiracy theories. Uh, 
Yeah, I think it's more of a um, anthropology uh, study than it is spatial uh, geographic study. No, I know, I know, I know. But I'm just saying, there's a point where you, you know, where you get to where it's just kind of like <laughs> those scientists who who trusts them. You know, well, that, just because a scientist says it, and I just I, there was there were too many sentences that were kind of of that you know. Yeah. Oh, why listen to scientists? What do they know? Um, that I found it really quite difficult. But you know, okay, other opinions are available, but they're not as good as mine. <laughs> and they are yours and yours alone, Chris. Yeah, sure. Anyone? <laughs> Is this like including yours, Mark? Um, <laughs> I encourage everybody to watch it because it's a really interesting kind of you know. Well, I say really interesting. I lasted seventeen minutes. If you can get. <laughs> If you can put aside your kind of this disbelief, then it's it is worth watching, I guess. I, I think it's more if, if you're maybe if if you like um, maybe the Kardashians is just a bit too fickle for you, but you still after some reality TV. Anyway, watch it. Let us know. See see if you get further than seventeen minutes, and let us know on um, our email, which is geodorable at geod at gmail dot com or Facebook. Or on Twitter. Yeah, I've got another story, Mark. Oh, really? Okay. This is going to be a quick one. This this wasn't in the planning session. No, I know. But it's not really a story. I just want to say that while I was at the partner conference, I had the absolute pleasure. Partner conference. I had the absolute pleasure of um, meeting with uh, Dennis and Worth from um, Bluefield GIS. Our two two heroes of the year so far. Absolute gentlemen, as you can imagine. Charming, I'm sure. Fantastic. Really enjoyed spending time with them uh, and uh, getting, to know them a little, getting to know them a little bit better um, and to see what plans they've got for their um, product. And um, I think, again, just to reiterate, they don't pay us. We just really, really like what they do. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, so and, and Worth, who's a developer, he's already, like currently you get four pencil colors you can draw on the map. He's already developed like, you know, a whole bunch more pencil colors and pens and all this kind of stuff. It looks fantastic. Yeah. And if you're looking for the way UI should work for a map. Um, oh, yeah. Give it a go. On that, on this, and I was blown away by it. This, this is kind of the, the level of detail that um, Worth goes to. So, uh <laughs> You have the map, right? And it faces north. If you rotate the map. It doesn't face north. No, no, yeah, it doesn't face north. And the compass appears, right? Mm-hmm. Then if you face it back to north, the compass goes away. Because you don't need it. Ah. Just. Well, I, no. I think, I think there'll be a few people in Fundamental uh, Map Making 101 who says maps always have compass, scale, title and legend yeah fine if you're printing one right but if it's just on your tablet you don't need it okay then it was awesome <laughs> and it was fantastic being the guys excellent so that's bluefield gis uh, yeah look them up and give them a holler yes okay right. so speaking of hollering speaking of really interesting stuff speaking of easy ease of use yes our interviewer interviewee uh, is one and only Felix Stock. And listeners, you might be going, okay, fine, I haven't heard of him. But, but you, you have. have. Yes. You have. Well, indirectly, we mentioned his company, uh, Kinder Kids. Um, and I'm, I think I'm saying that right. Cause yeah, it sounded co- right. Coaxed us. 
coaxed. Coached. Coached, coached us um, a few times because of our well-known pronunciation issues. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the good news is that we're getting Felix and Stockright because Felix is actually American. Yes. Um, and uh, we're okay with those some American names. Um, but he's living in Germany. He started this company, company Kinderkits, and they do... Well, so the, these were the guys who um, allow you to uh, to design your own play mat for kids. You know, where you drive your little matchbox car or your Hot Wheels car around a road. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, they I was have, hoping you'd say they did carpets, and everyone would go, "Why are they why did carpets?" And we'd say, "Because they put maps on carpets." Okay, all right. Well, we should have talked about that before. If that's what you wanted me to say, jeez. <laughs> all right. Um, yes. So the maps they do, you make your own. Based yep. on um, OpenStreetMap and uh, using Mapbox in, uh, front end. Yep. And um, they've got stylized icons for building. So the point is, and Felix explains it well, is to educate your children about their neighborhood and how the map and the real world are the same. Well, representative of the real world. And the design of the, um, of the Kinder Kids carpet or format is wide enough that you can drive your Hot Wheels or Matchbox car down it. Yep. Um, and yeah, it's quite exciting. Oh, it's uh, for me. It was fantastic being able to, you know, yeah, we'd just uh, we just you know used or well, how should I say promoted him in in our spatial news, and then he contacted us and we got talking, and it was kind of like he's he's a map person, definitely a map person. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got no, no GIS background or any of that kind of stuff, but he came up with an idea and he, uh, you know, he, he really went for it. Um, yeah. And it's great. And I think we do need to put a disclaimer at the front though. Oh, do we? Um, yeah, yeah. If there's pauses in the interview, it's because both Chris and I are busy playing with Kindergarten's maps. That is true. That during, is true. Uh, yes. During the interview, which, which may be poor form. But also allows us to, uh, I don't know, engage more. But yeah, if there's spaces, it's, it's because Chris is probably, uh, I don't know, placing a corner shop somewhere. Well, I think this is Felix's fault. <laughs> you know, if he hadn't made something that was quite so kind of a- addictive, yes. um, then we probably would have been slightly more attentive. <laughs> As it was, I was just, you're right. I was trying to make sure that I'd put the traffic lights in the right place. Yes. Um, so yeah, have a look at uh, it's kinderkids.com, isn't it? Uh, oh, now you're asking. Um, yes, I believe it is. <laughs> Hang on, I'm just I'm just uh, checking. Dot net. Dot net yeah. Uh, so and K I N D E R, which like is German the, um, for child, like the chocolate Kinder Surprise. Sure. And uh, kids, it is K I E Z. Which which is German for like city neighborhood or a small community. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, with that, let's uh, let's hear from Felix. Hello, Felix. How are you? Hi, Mark. I'm well. How are you guys? Yeah, we're good. We're thanks. Good. We're good. We're um, was it ten o'clock at night over here in New Zealand? What about you? Uh, ten o'clock in the morning here in the Berlin, Germany. Uh, so so fairly close. I mean, twelve hours. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> about as far away as you can get. At least you're still on the same day. Um, so that's all good. So, Felix, you started Kinder Kids. Kids. 
Keats. Tinder Keats, exactly, yes. Yeah, and we've mentioned this before on the podcast, because um, we thought it'd be a great Christmas present. Um, but yeah, we've um, we've been chatting on Facebook, and we thought, why not talk to you, see what this uh, great product's about. Yes, thanks a lot for having me on. Actually, we just started up um, last November. I think our very first uh, sale was November 7th, so we're quite a young um, little company. Well, we and company sounds big. It's just me operating from my boy's bedroom with the prototype laying in it but um, there's obviously an illustrator involved who's done all these great illustrations and representations of bakeries churches mosques synagogues playgrounds uh, you name it and uh, we're slowly uh, improving what you've seen so far is a, a better version more or less an mvp but um it's it's uh yeah it's work in progress but it's been really fun and uh we, we were quite honored for um for having been picked up by your podcast. That was a very exciting for us. So why don't you um, give our listeners a, a bit of a, how did you come up with this idea? What's All right. the story behind it? Is there sure. A pub um, it was a pub involved, yeah. It, no pub, no garage. Actually, um, my background is uh, working in, in digital agencies around technology and things like that. So I'm quite aware of, what is technically possible in regard to, you know, internet and, and maps and, and apps and stuff like that. And uh, when I became a father about three years ago, and uh, we were looking into buying one of those car play mats for my, um, my son, I kind of figured there was a product missing that I would like, and that would be a play mat that actually has our immediate neighborhood on it because I don't want him to play in some kind of random neighborhood that just has a gas station and a, a airport on it. I want him to, you know, be able to take his little toy car, leave our house, go to the grocery store and come back or, um, you know, that kind of stuff. So the, the, the sinister plan behind it was actually creating a toy that would teach him um, how to go to the bakery by himself on Sunday and bring back some breakfast rolls. Which is fantastic. I mean, <laughs> I'd truly love that. Um, if my children were that well trained, <laughs> I hopefully we'll be able to uh, uh, cover New Zealand soon, and then you can, uh, th then they can also have this uh, education tool in their um, playroom. Yeah. So, what's what's the tagline for Kinder Kids? The tagline is more or less bring the neighborhood into the nursery. I think. Um, that's kind of the idea is that you can bring your immediate surroundings into your, um, into the nursery playroom, whatever you have it. The uh, challenge has been to create something that's geographically accurate, but also, um, you know, customizable for you because at least with my kids, that's the most important thing that on the one hand, you have things that are exactly like they are. And that your kid knows them to be. For example, across our church, there's a phone booth. And every time we walk by it, my son has to stop and have to have some kind of fake conversation with whoever he's about to call. So obviously that phone booth has to be on our kids. But on the other hand, we deleted an entire um, building block to put in a farm. Because, you know, this is an area of the neighborhood he doesn't know. He loves farms. So, you know, why not have a farm there? So it's always a mixture between... Um, the reality that will help you represent your neighborhood to your to your kids 
and you know your own creativity and your kids imagination to add things that they care about like pirate ships hot air balloons monsters um you have you name it we have about 600 illustrations in our um library that you can access at the bottom of the screen and just add to your own little kinder kids yeah and where did um uh where, where did you kind of think uh you know you you, you can because uh, i think it's based on open street map right that's right. We um, take the data from OpenStreetMaps. Um, on the one hand, first of all, it's great because it's an, an open source platform. On the other hand, it's good because it's um, very up to date. It's it, it contains lots of details that we can at time uh, really access. And um, uh, last but not least, it's um, sometimes people have wanted to change things because they're, you know, they will be moving into a, a newly developed neighborhood and they say, hey, my street's not on here. And I just send them the link and say, hey, sign up, add the road. And uh, a, f a few weeks later, it will actually show up in our editor. So um, this, the fact that it's open source and um, is, is the main reason we've, we've, we like working with them. So you're not a you're not a programmer by um, by trade. So have you you've gone out and hired someone, or have you had to learn programming? No, uh, I it would have. I mean, this already took about two three years to go from the first idea to the finished product. And if I would have had uh -huh. to learn programming in addition, uh, we would not be having this conversation now. Um, because it's also it's not, it's it's quite high um, high level programming. I found an excellent freelance uh, programmers who are. Um, very adept at um, custom JavaScript and, and WebGL, which is kind of the um, the back end and how it works. Because your your playmat, the Kinekis on your editors, is a live rendering, and um, yeah, it's it's not not some kind of WordPress thing that I could easily assemble. Yeah, the algorithm to place buildings and also to rotate buildings. Like I like being able to rotate the map because not all maps need to face north, um, is, is quite, it's quite clever. Yeah, that's something, um, uh, and that's also something we're working on. We essentially, um, the different, um, uh, uh, there's different layers working in the background, obviously. So we have a layer for different um, municipal buildings like churches and schools and daycares and obviously we also have layers for bars and restaurants and um, airports and stuff like that so we kind of had to create a hierarchy in the background that will uh, ensure that you know things will appear first and foremost that kids matter you know that matter to kids so obviously if there's a daycare and a pub right next to each other what will show up in the editor is um, the daycare and if you delete the daycare the pub might show up but we've created the hierarchy that focuses on, you know, the way children most likely um, see their environment. So you've been, um, I've been uh, looking at uh, your your Facebook page. Um, you've been doing some great uh, examples, and I, I love the uh, the one of um, Brexit, uh, where I think you've just packed. Uh, is it Dover? Yeah, it's the Port of Dover. Port of Dover with a whole bunch of trucks. Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, it's been it's been fun to have a tool where you can um, you know refer to uh, real time politics um, or you know current events 
with with the help of a map and and do something significant. Well, for the Oscar week, you know, obviously as a as a brand out there, you need to um, you know provide uh, fun or provocative content. And for Oscar week, we created some famous movie scenes that are. Um, location-based, uh, <laughs> you know, we did Independence Day because obviously we can look at the White House, we can put our building on it that looks kind of like a White House. We have a UFO and we have um, flames. So we created the cover from the uh, Independence Day movie and had people guess what film we were referring to. And, um, you know, that's just a few examples of what you can do. But the, when people order them, they usually stick to things that are really happening and then they like playing with you know the the animals we have i don't know how many now over 20 animals that you can add to your kinect heats and then pirate ships and um obviously because it's maps and usually um the kids are very interested in construction sites so we have lots of uh, diggers and dozers and excavators and cranes and you name it yeah so let me get this straight when uh when when in an evening your wife catches you kind of on the computer um just playing with maps you can just go oh yeah this is work yeah well yeah well you know it's not i i think i could imagine you're catching there's worse things um i'm a i'm a, I'm a gamer sometimes uh so I, <laughs> I like playing games so when it's maps it's very easy to say this is for work and um <laughs> Or I'm looking up directions, but she's been extremely supportive. I mean, that's, that doesn't necessarily belong here. But when I had the idea originally, and I have many ideas, um, she said, this one you have to go follow through with. So it's also um, thanks to her that uh, everything is the way it is now and that you can actually, anyone now can create a, a play mat that features their own neighborhood and, and bring it into their kid's playroom. Yeah, like on the Facebook page, there's a photo of a, a young boy sitting on his map um is it from helena welp or something yeah that's we i mean you want to our main source as far i i also thought facebook would be the main thing but our instagram channel is actually um the one where more things happen and where more th people reply to because obviously the finished product is is visually beautiful and people like um talking in pictures so on, on, on Instagram, also just under Kinect you'll see lots of different images. And sometimes we, uh, we work together with, um, daycares to, um, you know, provide them with the Kinect Heats. And that happened also in regard to Helena, who shared that picture of one of her, um, daycare kids playing on it. Cause obviously, if you have a daycare and you have, you know, a set of, you know, five, six, seven kids who come to daycare who might live in the immediate surrounding, it's great to have a Kinect Heats with the with the daycare in the center you can sh you can highlight where the different kids live you can highlight the playgrounds that you go to every day and it's a great uh, learning tool also for them to start navigating their own surroundings um also the look on the boy's face where he's just contemplating his urban planning <laughs> yeah it's like <laughs> where, where i will live how are real estate prices developing here yeah what's that dinosaur going to do to this um, <laughs> I'm a uh, you know a town planner by training. Um, this would have been awesome as a kid. <laughs> you know, you have that feeling when you're going, oh, I'm too old, I've missed out. But, you, um, you know. We have uh, actually been contacted by um, town planners who are developing an area north of Berlin. And um, they the point was, you know, let's have the kids have a say. Give us, a, we've created like a little um, a sub-editor where... 
every kid receives the same area that's being developed and they're they've been asked to say you know what should go where and you know you can you know do we need grocery stores or do we need bars and they can kind of you know recreate the neighborhood as they would like to have it developed so um you know it's maybe not too late to use this in a professional context then Oh, I think this is awesome. Yeah, just uh, um, we're, we're about to move offices and having this on a wall somewhere, it'd be brilliant. I don't think we could have it on the floor because I think too many people would just start playing and never actually do any work. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So what are, what are the future plans? What's next? What's next? Well, I'm not sure if, if any of your listeners have tried it out so far. Um, obviously, there's a few um, little bugs and technical issues we're working on, but the main thing is improving on the features. We want to add um, the capability to zoom in and out a bit. We're going to add some more sizes, um, an L version, a larger version, so you can cover more neighborhood, more keats on your play mat. Um, we might be... Uh, providing some, you know, color options as well. But the main thing is um, focusing on the playmats itself and making sure each one comes out as beautiful as possible. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen, but so there's, there's, depending on how old you are and how adept you are at working with the digital tools, you might here and there be a bit overwhelmed by the options. So we're also trying to change the the user experience a bit and how we take you through the process of creating your playmat. Yep. And in terms of um, you thinking of creating an app or anything for it to go from the mobile market or? It would be great to have a mobile version. What we're going to do uh, probably after the next um, sprint is enable you to look at the editor on the mobile version. But as you can imagine, you know, this is a, a few square yards of carpet that you're designing. And that's nothing necessarily you want to be doing on a small screen where you're like, you know, adding a mailbox and a tree. It would take hours. So we might want to use the mobile as a kind of preview tool or maybe use the mobile to find your neighborhood, but you use your um, desktop PC to finish it. But we do want to add uh, mobile support. Tablet support will be coming too as well next month. That's obviously a bit easier because you have a bigger screen and you can just kind of imagine using it the way that you use it on the desktop. But mobile so far has been a bit tricky. It's kind of, I'm not sure if you guys know like these custom photo albums where you can create a photo album and then, you know, my boy's year 2018. That's also something you wouldn't be doing on a mobile phone necessarily because it's just, um, you know, it's very detailed. And as it is, it takes about half, at least half an hour on a, on a desktop computer to, to make it decent and pretty Kinder keys. And if I imagine doing that on a, on a mobile phone, I'm, you're probably looking at, at even more time. Yeah, and I'm just thinking the, um, cause almost, because your base map's so interesting as well. Um, so it's, it's weirdly, um, it's weirdly relaxing. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, reduced and uh, the pattern, you know, it's compared to the, the, you know, we get the data from OpenStreetMaps compared to the original. It is quite, um, it, it focuses on the essentials because, you know, it is for kids. So it's, it's, we've also taken the liberty of removing, you know, in OpenStreetMaps, you have every little path, every, every little, you know, piece of road that leads up to a garage is part of the data set. And we've t taken out some of those just to make it a bit more 
you know, focus on the essentials and not have too many little lines running across everywhere. I, I love the fact that you keep on saying it's for kids. And yet I just think this is perfect for adults who love maps and have got, you know, time on their hands. I, I, I'm, I'm looking at my neighborhood now and I just kind of want to keep on adding things and adding things. And, you know, have I got that traffic light in the right place? And uh, your neighbors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, we I, we do get that a lot. I mean, we have lots of um, perspective. No, what's the right word? Well, dads or people, you know, uh, people who are about to become dads who um, take the time to create this ahead of time. And I can see from the session time that they've spent three hours on it. And I get an email saying, this is great. I couldn't stop. I also did the neighboring neighborhood <laughs> and the next city over because you just start, you know, start getting into it and you feel like you need to be, um, you, you know, depending on what kind of city planner you are, you want to be very detailed and add every traffic light and every pedestrian crossing. And uh, on the other hand, um, we have some orders where, you know, the, the reality, they let reality be reality and just replace everything with what they would like to have be in that place. And that's great, too. So when you when you were growing up, did you play a lot of um, SimCity? I did play a lot of SimCity. I must say, I usually I, I took a step back. I'm more of the civilization uh, player versus SimCity. I I, I'm not, I'm not your spreadsheet guy. My cities, it didn't take long until I ran out of money and <laughs> the fire department stopped putting out the buildings, fires, and I just didn't know how to operate a, a profitable city. I think that was the main issue because I don't know. I just didn't, I, maybe I should have paced more because I loved going to, you know, the underground view and start putting in subways and, and water supplies and stuff like that. But for some reason, um, it, it quickly went to pieces, and then I just started adding those catastrophes and UFO attacks and starting over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. So is the only ways up from here, really, uh, for you? Well, the only ways up? Well, um, hopefully, uh, you know, one thing at a time, We, depending on where your listeners are from, so far we only offer shipping in, in Europe. Uh, we'd like to find um, suppliers in other countries. So uh, if anybody's listening has a carpet printing shop and lives uh, anywhere other than Europe, uh, please get in touch. We can uh, work together if you make high-quality uh, prints. And um, we want to move on from this MVP to a product that, you know, will work on most browsers, most devices for most people. And that's what we're focusing on right now. Yeah, we've, we've got a very strong listenership in Japan, um, which we can <laughs> well, understand. Uh, we appreciate them. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if you're in Japan yet. No, we're not. As I said, only Europe. So uh, any uh, Japanese listener who thinks they can also uh, take our printing files and make good products out of it. Um, our little monster can also be seen as a Godzilla. So we also have, already have some um, some assets in place that would work great with the uh, Japanese market. That's brilliant. And does, does I mean, we are obviously looking at urban-based, but have you seen anyone doing a rural-based map? A very, I was surprised because that's also why we just went out with an MVP to see is this people in cities who do it. I, I've we've have we've had orders with only one single building on it, and everything else was well, not just field, obviously, also some woods and trees and stuff like that. But 
uh, that's why we, I think, I think it was about two weeks after launch, we added about eight different tractors and harvesters and trailers and hay balers and stuff like that, because, um, there, there's quite a rural, um, potential, you know, they want to play too. That's their surroundings. So why not have that? And they usually end up creating zoos in their backyards because they have so much room and, uh, the beauty of the um, OpenStreetMaps data is that it doesn't even, it, it's not, at times it's even more beautiful if you're in a rural area and you have like a meadow and brush and, and field and crops around you because all those different patterns will show up on your in the editor and can be, you know, customized by whoever's creating the playmat. Well, yeah, and also rural kids are far more in touch with their environment wanting to, yeah, put the tractors into the right place and, and do the cropping and what have you. Um, yeah, that's very cool. So I'm just playing uh, my parents' farm. Yeah, I know. Sorry, you get, you, I get, I get caught up as well. I'm just going. Oh, that church is in slightly the wrong place. I need to move that a little bit. It's, um, it's very addictive. Yeah, as I said, if you uh, get in touch, if you guys uh, uh, find a way to print something in New Zealand, and I can, uh, I can help you get the the, the print files to um, whatever you guys are creating. Cool. That's brilliant. Well, thanks very much for your time, Felix. It's been uh, fantastic talking to you. And great. Um, yeah, and it's Likewise. Such, a, such a brilliant. Um, I don't know what to call it. Application product well, I, opportunity. Maybe. Yeah, we. Our interview, Chris. Well, not interview. When we first discovered this, we were like, "Do you know there's a lot of uh, mapping companies that could learn from this?" <laughs> yeah, we did actually so say that. Simple and fun um, compared yep. to a lot of other mapping companies who take out the fun and take out the simplicity. Yeah, well, that was then maybe a stroke of luck, and we're still working on more simplicity as well. I mean, also, if you just have kids in mind, you end up making something maybe more intuitive and more simple. And also, if you don't need to, you know, respect um, things that other map, uh, you know, if you're mapping for traffic or whatever, you have to add a lot more details, you know, one-way road signs and, and every traffic light and stuff like that. And, and uh, because this is for kids, we do, or this can be for kids, um, you don't, we don't have to add those details. And that's why it maybe becomes more intuitive and, and um, simple. Yeah, no, it is brilliant. Um, yeah, thank you so much for for making the time for us. Uh, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Uh, we'll, we'll keep in touch uh, when the next version's out. And uh, as I said, if you guys need anything, if any of you are out there uh, has any questions, feel free to hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash connectheats or on Instagram. We're there. We're taking questions. We're improving on our product. And uh, we're always um, happy to get input. Hey, fantastic. Brilliant. Thanks so much. You're Thank welcome. You. Well, that was Felix, Mark. And that was Kinderkeats. It was. And apologies again for the <laughs> the gaps. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, have a look. Um, yeah, as we said at the beginning of the podcast, communicating with maps is very powerful. Um, actually, I was having a conversation at work about this, how it actually builds an emotional engagement. Um, if you see what you own, if you see a map of your house, there's an emotional attachment to it. If you see a map, map of your neighbourhood, <laughs> yep, um, it's, it's why whenever you go on your, you know, Google Maps, you always search for your address first, yeah, to see that aerial shot or that map of your community. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, well done. Well done, Felix. And we, um, we yeah, if you're in Europe, um, it's worth getting in touch, following up. Um, if you're in America or other places in the world, um, still worth getting in touch with Felix because um, his, his business is growing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and I, I, uh, I, I come back to that conversation we had where, you know, why, why did you create this? He wanted to uh, uh, get his kids to understand the neighborhood enough so on a Sunday morning they can go and buy him some uh, breakfast rolls. I just really like that idea. Yeah. You know? Yeah, who who knew maps could be so much fun, educational, and useful for uh, getting your children to do the work? Yep, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's worth also checking out um, Kinder Keats on um, Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Um, they've got some really good examples of some of the stuff they've done there. Yeah, it is. It's really good. So, yeah, look that up. Um, and that's the podcast, Chris. It is. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Check out our webpage, or our website, sorry, I should say. Um, Buy us a beer. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, and if if, if you do uh, buy us a beer, just send us a message to let us know. We'd, we'd appreciate that. I mean, we'd, yeah, we'll maybe do a shout-out or something, but we won't take your viewer opinion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unless you really want to sponsor us, then, yeah, we'll get in touch. Um, we're looking at you, DGI or Mercedes. <laughs> oh, dear. But, yeah, thank you so much for listening, uh, and uh, stay tuned because there'll be another one coming out soon.